You're listening to the Sparrows and Wildflowers podcast. Stories of faith, love, life, loss, and eternity. Welcome to Sparrows and Wildflowers, episode 19. For this episode, I got to speak to Nick France, a young surfer, basketballer, member of the Baptist Church, and student from Sydney's Northern Beaches. Nick shares some really great perspective and wisdom beyond his years. But before we get into this episode, as always, if you've got a suggestion as to someone I can interview, or if you'd like to discuss anything you've heard on any of the episodes, you can send me an email to hello at rachelasimpson.com. Now in today's episode, Nick shares with us about losing his dad, about his own journey of exploring partying, new age spirituality, Buddhism, atheism, and eventually becoming a follower of Jesus. He speaks about career and church and much more. So I hope you enjoy this fresh conversation as much as I did. Here's my discussion with Nick Friend. I grew up on Sydney's northern beaches um, between Newport and Collaroy. Nice. So beach growing up? Yeah, yeah. I grew up. um, I actually was sort of more into the basketball culture, basketball scene. But then like probably about five years ago, I started surfing and I love surfing in the beach now. Oh, wow. So what got you into basketball? I'd have to say... I was probably school and my mum. My mum liked basketball in school and I started playing basketball and got better at it and then, yeah, went from there. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And what was the family life like for you growing up? Um, family life was, um, yeah, it was good and I had a really loving, had a, had a really loving dad and a really loving mum and, um, yeah, my mum is always been really awesome and really looked after me and and really cared for me and my dad as well and then um yeah it, it got a bit interesting towards like later and um once i got older um because my mum and dad ended up splitting up um just because just it didn't work out and then um just recently uh two years ago my dad died um so now it's just me and my mum and yeah so that's what family life is like for me Wow. And you're an only child? I'm an only only child from my mum and my dad, but I got four half-brothers from my dad's first marriage. Oh, right. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And what are some of your early memories? (laughs) I remember at our place at Collaroy, which is this place here, I remember going to my sort of first day of preschool and I had this tigger toy oh yeah from Winnie the Pooh <laughs> yeah Winnie the Pooh Tigger and yeah. I, I remember that was like my favourite toy um, another early memory maybe skiing as well I just remember skiing when I was probably about uh, in primary school sometime oh wow yeah, but, little yeah. kids are good at skiing it makes you like yeah. feel so bad as an adult watching yeah. them zoom past yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so as a child like was spirituality or religion or God mm. part of your world at all so I went to a Christian school in primary school. Was that because your parents were Christian? Ah, uh, no, my no. parents. So my parents weren't Christian. They were. I wouldn't call them atheists, but they were just impartial to God or any form of spirituality, mm-hmm. um, in 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 the sense of God and that. And um, my first memories of sort of 
any sort of spirituality or religion or anything like that was in year f- or going through primary school just hearing about god at a christian school and hearing about jesus and and what he did and um i remember on year three at a one of those crusader camps um i gave my life to jesus um but then shortly after that um and i remember feeling it was awesome like i didn't really know what it was all about entirely but i remember going on the bus home from the camp and just reading my bible and just being camped out in my bible and and just kept reading and um and then but about a month after that or like shortly after that i wouldn't put a time on it but shortly after that um i remember my mom saying oh don't worry about it there's no sort of consequence after life you know there's no heaven or hell or anything like that and so you don't have to worry about it so then i just forgot about it and then yeah up until year 11 i didn't think about spirituality or christianity or anything like that until then wow so just out of your mind yeah so i became yeah yeah yeah, i became really impartial Mm -hmm. and then i got really opposed to christianity and um i became quite staunch atheist wow um and then yeah and then i got i started to get into other sort of forms of spirituality yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, Chris, going back to when you went on that camp and you accepted Jesus, I'm interested to say you started reading the Bible as mm. a kid because often people don't know where to start or what to read. Yeah. What, what were you reading in the Bible? <laughs> don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure I was reading the book of Mark, which is the gospel about Jesus's life. It's a story about Jesus's life and who he was. I'm pretty sure that's what I was reading, but that's sort of... That just stuck out of my head then. but mm, Right. Mm. And so apart from the religious or spiritual side of it, how did you find the early years of school? The early years of school, you know, I think sport was a massive thing. Mm. And um, I think that was my main pursuit and then my main focus. I just remember trying to maintain popularity as well and trying to be popular. Yeah, I think that was, pr- that's what I, I like. And I had really awesome teachers along the way as well. And um, and I think I was quite, yeah, I just took school for granted a bit as well because it came quite easy to me, some of the things that we learnt. And so I took it for granted. And so, yes, yeah, sport and sort of that popularity stuff became a real focus early on, actually. Yeah. And did that carry through to high school? Yeah, 100%. That sport um, pursuit carried through high school and that... The whole trying to be popular, trying to gain affirmation from the way people look at you or the way um, you're accepted by people um, was a big deal through high school. Another thing I noticed about high school as well was like I, I thought I was above that the whole broken people being broken. I kept hearing about people being bullied or being broke, like broken or hurting or something like that. But I never. I thought I was above it, and I thought that. Um, oh, it couldn't happen to me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or it wasn't happening to me. And I remember someone saying, there's so much bullying in our year. And um, and I was like, oh, I don't even notice it. And it was probably because I was bullying people and I was the bully. I didn't realize right. um, in some ways, not necessarily bashing people up, but just words really mean. And yeah. so, yeah, that's what I sort of think about, remember about my schooling. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so it was during those years as well that you'd, journey through atheism and yeah yeah so through probably year seven up until year 11 i was quite like sport was just a main focus in my life and i'm um, just friends and that 
what I was talking about before, that whole struggle to be popular and be accepted, that was a big thing. Um, but it, I didn't think about God. I didn't think about um, following Jesus or Christianity or anything like that um, up until year 11. It was sort of just like, yeah, that's just something that some people do. But mm-hmm. I sort of disassociated myself and disconnected myself from any form of that. And I thought of, I probably thought of sport as my religion in a sense, like that mm-hmm. was my pursuit and focus. So I was quite impartial to it all. So we'd, we'd sit in Christian studies lessons, like scripture classes at school or whatever, but it would just sort of go over my head and I wouldn't really, I'm sure stuff was going in and I was taking some of it in, but I, it didn't seem like it at the time. It seemed like I was really quite impartial to it. So sometimes when I interview people, they say that they always knew or felt that God was real. Yeah. Did you feel that or did you not? Did you genuinely not believe? I think on reflecting now, like when I look back, I think that there was definitely a sense of there is something greater. There is God could be possibly real, but I think I I didn't want to face that and I didn't want to acknowledge that because I wanted to live the way I wanted to live and I wanted to rule my own life and make the decisions in my life and I didn't like the idea of anyone else um, make, uh, telling me the right way to live. Mm. So I think there was still there was a sense deep down maybe when I look back and I was like, man, I definitely had some sort of like I sort of knew um, but I wouldn't have admitted it definitely not and like yeah I just wanted to do things my way yeah so was any form of spirituality in your world or it was totally just kind of doing your own your own path no until yeah until um year 11 there was mm, no until year 11 there was mm. no form of spirituality basically yeah so what happened in year 11 so year 11 was an awesome crazy yeah year mm-hmm. <laughs> um it it was so f- I went to one school from kindergarten to year kindergarten to year eight and then I went to a, um, a school another school in year nine and year 10 and then I went back to um, my original school for year 11 year 12 so I moved back to my old school and I remember at the start of the year someone was telling me about they were telling me about um, Buddhism and um, a new age sort of religion and um, or yeah worldview and then and i remember thinking hearing that and thinking oh that's really cool and i remember something clicked and i was like i really have to find out what my purpose is i have to find out like why i'm alive and what happens to me when i die Mm. and all these big questions just happened in year 11 and um and it was all from this person's i i I don't know i i I look back and i really believe it was it was god in my life but at the time i didn't realize it. i just just knew that i had to find this stuff out Mm -hmm. um yeah and so then progressing through year 11 i I started and at the same time of pursuing this i was pursuing um what the i suppose what the general like world has to offer um as far as satisfying desires and satisfying needs and so i got it like i was already i started partying in end of year eight was my first like drinking party (laughs) like where you and um and then that just progressed and progressed and progressed and and then year 11 was when i started to like the part we just go we party and and drink as much as we could to escape reality i guess and escape um yeah what, what was going on in life and 
and trying to fill something, fill a void, I guess, in my life where I wasn't satisfied. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that that was all going on at the same time. And I was back on the Northern Beaches, like at the, this school and 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 all these friends and partying. And but at the same time, I was thinking of all these massive questions. I was thinking like, well, I'm alive. So, and like, what's my purpose? Because mm. my purpose surely isn't just to get hungover <laughs> and like wake up the next morning and be, like, well, that sort of felt like it satisfied during the night, but it definitely didn't satisfy. And I, it was a repeated cycle of glimpses of satisfaction, but not quite getting it mm. every time. And um, and so I got into um, new, like new age, like I wouldn't even put a label on it, but it was some sort of form of spirituality where I would, I would, I was pursuing like meditation and like yoga and and looking heaps into Buddhism and and stuff like that to try and find some sort of meaning that was more um, satisfying and more real than what the world was offering me because I already I already been partying for like three years and I knew that there wasn't much life in that that area there wasn't it wasn't a sustainable way of living and it wasn't it wasn't going to be really cool <laughs> mm-hmm. it was it was going to end pretty poorly right yeah yeah. So, did you enjoy kind of delving into that new age and Buddhist space? Yeah. So, there was definitely um, glimpses of uh, satisfaction. There was glimpses of peace, but it was sort of similar to my experience of peace and and satisfaction with um, the pursuit of partying and stuff like that in the sense that it was, it seemed to be fleeting. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd have a glimpse of peace and meditating or something like that. But then I, there was just no, it wasn't a sustained peace. It wasn't a sustained transformation of life. My life didn't change at all. I was still really selfish. Um, I was still, um, and, and though I might've had a, a facade of being happy, I was really broken inside. I was really sad inside because um, for me, my experience of that stuff, it just turns you inward. Um, and it kept turning me inward and looking what's going on in, in my life and trying to meditate to to get rid of this stuff, but it would just stay. Mm. And um and I was just more and more aware of of how broken I was and how much um yeah, how how and, and there was no transformation in my life in this like I, I was because ideally now the way I view life is is uh, I'm I'm to be an imitator of, of Jesus and um and he loved people and he laid down his life for people and he was completely selfless at every point. So that's now what I'm following and and, and I'm not there yet, but I'm growing that and, and it's tr- the transformation of my life has been more and more. So the thing with the Buddhism stuff and the new age stuff was there was the glimpses of peace, but there was no transforming my life to look like love. Mm. And um, I still was hurting people with my words. I was still very selfish. I was still exploiting girls and using them for what I could get out of them rather than truly loving them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was treating them as something that could satisfy my desires, but it didn't satisfy my desires and it just mm-hmm. left them broken as well. So there was um, <laughs> there was glimpses of peace, but there was a lot of brokenness and I became more and more aware of my brokenness over year 11 and going into year 12. Wow. Yeah. So you kind of went from thinking brokenness is something other people experience to really experiencing it for yourself. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And when did Jesus kind of come into your life? Yeah. So when I look back at it now, I think like, um, man, he was sort of sowing these, like just, you know, sort of calling me home every now and again and just 
putting these things in my head saying, why am I alive and what's going on? And dude, you really need help. You're really broken. But I didn't really realize that at the time that he was sort of calling me home. But um, he came into my life, I think, when the reality that I needed a savior set in. I went to a, um, so and, and so through year 11, I was into the new age stuff. And then once I got into year 12, I think I started to become really like wise in my own opinion. And I started to look heaps into Christianity, the, you know, the scientific debate between Christianity and science. You know, lots of people talk about that and lots of historical um, evidence-based stuff Mm -hmm. um, for the death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, And then a lot of just worldview arguments. And I started to look heaps into atheism and like what the main sort of atheist dudes at the time when I was watching their podcasts and things were like um, Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens and um, Lawrence Krauss and all those sort of big name atheist guys. And I was looking at and watching all their videos and going, yeah, Christianity sucks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was really against it and I was really opposed to it because I was hearing it every week at chapel um, that Jesus loved me and died for me and he had a plan for my life and he knew the best way for me to live. And my heart was really hard to it and, and it kept opposing it and kept fighting it. And I remember just like, yeah, watching all these videos night after night and becoming really hard in my heart towards Christianity and towards Jesus. Um, And so, yeah, I was going through this whole (laughs) atheist stage. And the thing was, I went on this um, Crusader study camp for year 12. Um, A lot of kids on the Northern Beaches go on these study camps and they're really, really awesome. And um, well, now I thought that was awesome at the time. I thought, oh my gosh, you're going to brainwash me. <laughs> um, and, um, but they, they, they are awesome. They're cool. And so I went on the, this camp and I had all these questions, all these objections to Christianity. Well, if, if God's real, then why? And if, if, how can you say God's loving if this, this, and then that? And, mm-hmm. and then, um, kind of the problem of like sadness and horrible stuff. Suffering. In yeah. yeah. All that stuff. And so I got to that, those camps and I was asking these questions and stuff like that. And something definitely was shifting in me when I saw the leaders and I saw they were all Christians, they were followers of Jesus. And I saw what it looked like for a community of people to actually love each other. Mm. I've never really experienced something like that. And that really like, that really hit home for me a, a bit. And I was like, whoa, these guys are legitimately loving each other and caring for each other. There's something something to this and and every objection i have every criticism i have had of christianity in like our small group talk things was just met with they just had such loving generous like just gracious answers towards me and that they weren't fighting their position in a sense they weren't trying to defend themselves they just loved me and they wanted the best for me they wanted me to see what they already knew and that really played a massive role and on that camp i heard a talk about the um the historical evidence for the death just a purely historical thing not a um trying to be as um least biased as possible Mm -hmm. a historical evidence thing of the death and resurrection of jesus and i loved history at school i'm starting to be history high school teacher now and um that blew me away i was i walked out of the room with my best friend we're both sort of atheists or not christian and um and we, I remember shaking our heads and I was just, I was like, dude, dude, this thing's like legit. And he's like, I know, but I still want to 
live my life the way I want to do it. And I was like, well, that's pretty hectic because I reckon this is pretty legitimate. Like, and so, yeah, we, um, that's where I was at with the, the camp. And then, um, yeah, so I, 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 that wasn't the final straw though. That wasn't it. That wasn't like the pushover to follow Jesus. I, I kept pursuing the atheism and, and, and the new age stuff, but more and more I was becoming, I was realizing how I actually needed a savior, how I was broken myself and I needed help. And so I went through to the end of year 12. So that was about halfway through year 12 in July. It was a winter camp. So that was July. And then at the end of year 12, I remember when we graduated year 12, the week leading up to that was when it finally set in that, um, that, that I needed help, that I was, um, that I was hurting, that I was really so insecure in my identity. I was so insecure in who I was and I was looking in all the wrong places to try and get satisfaction and fulfillment when Jesus was like right there, just going, dude, I love you. I died for you. I'm the place where you're going to get this fulfillment. I'm the place where your life's going to change forever. And so I sat in my car at DY Beach and um, I remember sitting there and, and that whole week was just so hard because I don't know if you've ever, I, I don't know, I, I've, I went to school and my knee, like legs actually felt like jelly. Like I was that insecure and I, I couldn't really talk to people that well. And I was always really good at talking, sort of pretty good at talking to people and interacting and things like that. And I was like, what is going on? I was just really, really broken and hurting and really struggling with who I was as a person. And, um, and I remember sitting in my car at DY Beach after all of that and being like, like Jesus, I'm not sure if you're real, but if you can come into my life, if you can forgive me, if you can change my life and be my Lord, my, be my savior, then I'll live for you and I'll give you my life. And so, and I looked up like the sinner's prayer on my phone. There's like a normal, like there's like a prayer that Christians or people who want to be Christians sometimes pray. I didn't really know what it was. And so I looked it up mm. and I prayed this prayer and, and um, I gave my life to Jesus sitting in my car. So that's that, by yourself. Yeah, that's how, that's how I came to know Jesus. And that's, how, um, that's where our sort of relationship started at wow. the end of year 12, when we graduated year 12, 2013. So in that moment where you said, Jesus, I don't know if you're real, but if you are, you know, will you forgive me? Will you come into my life? Did you feel anything or was it more the aftermath of that? Yeah, so I felt, you know what? I felt <laughs> relief. Mm. I felt like my whole life I was resisting. And one of the biggest questions I asked myself leading up to that actually was why am I resisting the best news I've ever heard in my life? Mm. I was like, I'm trying and I'm fighting this so hard. But if there really is a God who loves me, who forgives me, who goes further than that makes me his child and he changes my life so I can look more and more like him every day. And I'm going to go to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. I was like, that is a pretty good offer. And I was like, why am I fighting so hard to resist this? And I was fighting and I really think faith and trust is when you see that the way someone looks at you, when you see the way Jesus loves you, trust and faith is just like the default. It's just, it, um, it, it's just that once you see Jesus love, everything just changes and that's, I got a glimpse of it then and I stopped fighting. And I just let go and I just said, God, I, I give you my life. I'm not going to resist you anymore. I'm just going to, it's sort of faith and trust isn't, it's more synonymous with rest, I think. And 
and trusting and just knowing, oh, he's got me. Mm. And I just wasn't fighting anymore. So I felt relief. I felt peace. Yeah, it was incredible. Wow. <laughs> I knew everything changed, but my life, I had something changed. Something changed, but I didn't really realize it at the time what changed. Okay. Yeah. What did life kind of look like from there? Did you, I guess you were choosing your career path and that yep. sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like as far as like life at that time and, and when I was saying about like something changed, I, the, the weird thing was in Christians, like you normally hear about this gnarly transformation of life straight after they meet Jesus and stuff like that. My life, I didn't know any Christians. I actually called, there was a girl who I used to bully for being a Christian. And um, I called her when I got saved, when I gave my life to Jesus and I got saved. And um, I called her straight away and I said, and she went, mommy saying her, I was like, Annie, you'll, you'll never believe this. But like, I just, I just gave my life to Jesus sitting in my car and I want to come to church with you. Wow. And her whole family probably had been praying for me and they were stoked. So, and she was taken back because I was the one who used to be really mean to her about her faith. And then he's the guy calling her on the day of graduated school and saying, I'm becoming a Christian. And, um, <laughs> and so that, she was the only Christian that I knew, I'm pretty sure, like that, that I knew, knew that I was friends with. And, um, and so like, I didn't really know what, following Jesus looked like but I knew something had changed in me because I was doing all the old stuff that I used to do I was you know partying and drinking and smoking marijuana and and like uh, pursuing girls I still had a relationship with a girlfriend and all that stuff and I was still doing all the old stuff I did except I didn't enjoy doing it anymore Ah. and also there was there was like a um, a thing inside of me it was inside of me and it was just like this this isn't right i'm i just i don't know what it was there was a change that i didn't enjoy doing the stuff anymore and and actually sort of made me feel um uneasy doing that stuff Mm -hmm. so though i was still doing um things that like i would now consider like not the right thing to do part of me knew that it was wrong now whereas before i was just like oh anything goes Mm. there was part of me that was just like well this is wrong like um this is not me anymore that that guy's yeah and so yeah i was doing that and then it came a point like a few months down the road probably about it was probably that was probably around end of september 2013 and it wasn't until 2014 maybe around i'd say around march or april that i said to god i prayed to god and i, I had this relationship with god and i started to go to church at um, narrowbane and and um, it was really cool but i was still struggling i was half living christian i was half living you know in uh, doing the, all the old stuff that i used to do and hurting people and i said god i, I really i can't do this anymore i can't live this half in half out life mm. i've got to give you all or nothing i've got to fully surrender my life to you and, and i thought i did that but I'm, I'm just giving you everything. I give you the drugs. I give you the alcohol. I give you my relationship with my girlfriend. And then a couple of nights later, so I prayed that to God and I said, God, you got to take this from me because that's him. I believe that he transforms us. He changes us. We can't change ourselves, but he changes us if we're willing and we ask for help. And so I did that. And then a couple of nights later, I found out my, my girlfriend 
like had been cheating on me and wow. I was like oh my gosh that's so heavy but that is such answered prayer <laughs> that wow. was like that and I was like yeah. snap so I called her and I explained to her what's going on and I said I forgive you but I'm living for Jesus now I can't do this stuff anymore and so that ended and then he took away the desire for drugs he took away the desire for alcohol and like I don't even I like I might have a social drink but I don't even drink anymore at all and not to say that you don't Christians don't drink like that's not necessarily like Christians can drink that's what I'm trying to say but for me I just don't have a desire to anymore it's amazing it's I find it really supernatural it's crazy and so yeah that was the changes in my life just started to happen I started to look more and more like Jesus every day yeah that's yeah that's wow yeah and so was it around this time that you lost your dad yeah yeah so about once I said that stuff to to God I was like God I give you all that stuff it was probably about I don't know it was probably a, a month later my dad died around April in that year and it was around a month later that my dad was so like completely healthy dude um it was completely unexpected um and I remember I was actually in that room downstairs and um and I remember police officers coming to the door that night um, it was late at night and I was just like, oh no, what the heck? And my mom, my mom works late. And um, so I opened the door and they're like, hey, is your mom around? And, and I was like, no, um, she's, not, she's not here. She'll be back in about an hour. And they're like, okay, we'll come back later. And I was like, that's really weird. Is my mom in trouble or something like that? Like, what's going on? Because my mom and dad were separated. So dad wasn't at home. He was at Jindabyne at the time. And, um, and then they came back later and I remember them coming back and I was still half awake because I can't sleep after that like thinking my mom's in trouble or something like that mm. and then they came and talked to my mom and I just remember my mom bawling and um I sort of knew something was up and um and then I found out and then I came upstairs and my um um mom told me that Nico your dad um has passed away he died um in Jindabyne just suddenly out of nowhere and that was pretty um it was pretty shocking I, I wanted to I remember wanting to cry but I couldn't I was just shocked I was just in shock I couldn't yeah. believe it and then um and and then that was crazy because I was a month after I gave my life to Jesus and it was a it was so hard but at the same time I can't explain it but I would go and sit on the roof actually <laughs> and um and I'd say to God I'd talk to God and and Jesus says blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted and um because suffering and death is is just what goes on in this world and Jesus says blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted and I would mourn and I'd say God like I just want to mourn my dad I miss him and I love him and um, he's not here anymore and I can't explain it other than like God would be mourning with me because he loves my dad just as much like a lot more than I did as well like he loves my dad so much and so he'd be mourning with me and like God's tangible presence would would be holding me like i would tangibly feel god holding me as i'm mourning my dad and and he and i just had this knowing in my heart and i read, read in scripture as well jesus called says you call no man on earth your father you have one father who is in heaven and at that time i don't i don't know what happened but i had a really clear understanding at that moment that god was my father that he was never going to let me down and though that junk happened he was still with me he was still holding me through it and he was my rock and the Bible calls God like my rock and and I'll never be shaken. 
and I've been through some things since then as well. And like, I just know that, that I know that I know that God is my rock and I can't be shaken. And that's how I know Jesus is true. That's how I know he's alive from the dead and that he's real because all the other things, like my, everything else I put my trust in throughout my whole life, it just crumbled when, when adversity came and when trials came. Mm. But I know that Jesus just doesn't crumble. And I know that because I'm a living testament of his goodness and him holding me. And not even that, but, and it wasn't like, oh, I just got by, I just managed to get through. No, like he allowed me to shine through it and sh- and shine sort of my, my love for people and shine my light to people and just go, hey guys, this has happened in my life. And, and I know that God's my rock and he's my salvation. I don't fear anything. Wow. <laughs> and it's really awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that story. No worries. And so what what did the other aspects of your life look like? Did you go on to study or yeah. work? So then I had a year off. Um, that, that was during a gap year. Mm-hmm. I studied for two weeks <laughs> to do a Bachelor of Environmental Science and a Bachelor of Law at Macquarie University. Oh, yeah. And um, I did it for two weeks and I was like, oh, I don't really want to be a lawyer, let alone study law. And that just wasn't my cup of tea. So I just... I. I left that and I had a gap year. And um, and during that gap year, I started to high school. Uh, I mean, I started to help out um, a friend of mine teach scripture at Narrabeen Sports High. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really, really awesome. I loved that. And I loved those kids there. And then I started to help out a youth group at um, my, my church. And um, so I loved working with kids. So I was like, hey, what do I, what do I like doing? What am I like good at? Oh, I might might be good with working with kids and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, why not be a high school teacher? That would be awesome. Mm. So then this 2015, then 2015, I went, I started to study um, to be a high school teacher at the University of Sydney, history and geography. Wow. And um, so that's what it looks like. And, and during that time, and I'm still currently a, a basketball coach as well for the primary kids at um, St. Luke's at DY. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very good. And is that something that would have surprised you when you were younger that you'd return to that school space? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. I never thought I would have gone back to be a teacher. But um, yeah, I think just it sounds to me like it's the most awesome job for me. And I think I've found Mm. like something that I really would love to do. And I've already done bits and bobs of it, like in already done some teaching and things like that and i just love working with people and being around people and and trying to bring the best out in them um and 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 not yeah just to really encourage them and um yeah so i think high school teaching is gonna be really cool great (laughs) and so you're also involved in the baptist church and in some worship nights and bible studies can you talk a bit about all that yeah so it's probably the last thing i would have expected as well if i Mm. said it's if someone told me at school i'd be um running a bible study and involved in church and worship nights i would have been like you're joking like (laughs) no way but it's god and he's changed me and um which is really cool and um so yeah i started going to that um narrabeen baptist church when um when I became a Christian because that's where my friend went, Annie, when I mm-hmm. called her on the phone. And um, and so I was like, I want to come to church with you. And she said, yes, sweet. And so we went to Narrabeen Baptist. And um, I've been there uh, for two and a half years now, I guess. And it's been really awesome. Such an amazing community of people who, um, yeah, just, I don't know. It's just such a, such a Northern Beaches church. <laughs> it's just like really cruisy and um, lots of people love surfing there and a lot of people love God and they um, have a real good community. Lots of sort of 
we do lots of barbecue stuff like like on the on the deck and have like dinner together as a family and nice. um lots of like family stuff and then um and but then the, another probably the main community i'm involved in is uh, a worship night worship night group that runs on wednesday nights and um that's where we just it's a, it's a whole bunch of people we just gather in a house just like the early church did in acts and we'll have a bit of food and we'll just hang out and chat and um and then we just play instruments like my mate's got a african djembe drum and guitar and we sing and we worship jesus and pray for each other and encourage each other and um and it's just the most awesome thing ever like god's there and moving and people just seeing who they are and seeing how loved they are and so that's a really cool community that i'm part of and then um and then the bible study is sort of affiliated with the worship night and it's a place where we more read the bible and we we talk about what it says and 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 how it changes our life and how how it makes us look more like jesus when we read it and we just trust it and um and we always have dinner as well and that's here at this house oh nice yeah and so we always have dinner and um yeah hang out yeah great yeah so you've got that kind of new community around yeah. you i'm interested to hear as well with with your family and your friends from before you became a christian yeah. how did that kind of go did people respond well to the yeah. change i remember my mum's mum saying something like oh it was probably more normal when you used to do the partying thing. <laughs> or something like that like but you know like because she she didn't doesn't have a grid for it she didn't have a grid for it because she never grew up at a Christian school or anything like that. So it was very strange for her, for me to be saying that this Jewish dude 2000 years ago died and rose again and stuff. But but the thing is after a while, um, I really think just what God's done in my life and how I look completely different to the way I used to is just, like it's just I, I can't exp- I can't explain it myself and so I'm not sure how anyone else could because I just think my mum's seen that transformation and she's seen the way that like oh man it sounds weird but I always make a bed <laughs> um, I never I used to like I feel like I used to not appreciate what she did for me fully and I never mm-hmm. really um, understood I just thought I was entitled to having a mum who did everything for me yeah. but now I've got, I know what it looks like to be loved by God and and now I see and I take a step back and I go oh my gosh my mum's done so much for me it's like the least I can do is just try and do as many chores as I can and make make a bed and so I always make a bed and and um and when I'm making a bed I hope she doesn't listen to this but like I just I'm always <laughs> praying for her and I'm praying for her, just God would you show her your love and and hopefully just represent your love through me and and just just so she can know you because it's the best thing ever so and she's gradually it's been amazing her her perception of it we used to sort of clash a bit on it and and I learned just not to argue I just learned not to try and prove my point no matter how right I think I am like because that's not a good way to go about it I'm I just try and let what I do show what I believe mm. and um let what let what I do and she's written me some amazing she's not a follower of Jesus yet but like um yet <laughs> um but she's she's written me some amazing letters and like just saying things that I would never expect her to say she was like I'm so like blessed to have you and stuff like that I'm like you're using Christian lingo (laughs) that's pretty cool but like she um yeah she's amazing mom and I really love her and and so she's really she and she really has seen she wrote me a letter as well saying that she's seen the change in my life and how good this has been and um 
And so that's really encouraging for me. And then my friends, my old friends, as I started to get out of that sort of whole uh, scene of just drinking and drugs and there wasn't anything like hardcore drugs. It was just smoking marijuana all the time at my mate's house. But um, once I got out of that, like I became a Christian, I really feel like God had to just sort of just give me some time to get established in who I was as a mm-hmm. follower of Jesus and what that meant and what that looked like. So he, it just naturally happened. I didn't try to, but it just sort of distanced myself from those guys a bit, not because of anything, you know, it's not because I didn't like them or anything like that. It was yeah. just because it was just right for me to have a bit of space. And it was a bit really sad because as I got out of that, then they started to go to I th- like just do, do more drugs and like pills and stuff like that and just going down a different path to what I what I was on. And but it's been really cool to see them. We have lots of twenty firsts this year because I'm turning twenty one. Just to see them at lots of twenty firsts and God's really bringing back relationships with them and becoming friends with them again and and they get really confused by my life because mm. I'm really different when they, they don't see me much. And so when they see me, they're like, well, you're really, really happy. <laughs> and right. I was like, I know, and it's not my fault. <laughs> I'm just happy. And it's not because I'm trying to put on a show or anything like that. It's just, there's just a genuine joy that comes from knowing that you're saved and you're loved by God and he's always with you and he's for you. Mm. He's on your side. Yeah, and so that's been, it's been going on. I've got a whole new friend group now who are my tight and they're my bros and we surf and drink coffee and love Jesus together. So Nice. Yeah. And the other thing I'm interested in um, drawing out a bit is for Christians who are listening to this that might have friends that are in the space that you were in where you were a follower of Christ but maybe stuff in your life was mm. kind of different. Yeah. I think sometimes it's hard for Christians to know how to love somebody but kind of help them or guide them okay. in the right way, like how much to say or not to say. Yeah, As yeah. someone who's been there yourself, yeah. like what would you have found helpful or what did you find helpful in that time? Okay, yeah. Uh, I think number one thing is I don't like don't ever, ever, ever give up on – and it sounds – cliche or whatever but it's true and it's don't because if someone gave up on me if jesus gave up on me it took him it took 18 years for me to finally get it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a long time 18 years every day dude i love you dude this is not who you really are i've got such a plan for your life i love you i love you i love you so like every single day for 18 years jesus never gave up on me so as followers of jesus we're meant to represent jesus to the world I would say never, ever give up on someone. Always keep praying for them. Keep praying. Keep speaking life over them and don't become disheartened. Cause I, and I hear people say sometimes like, oh, dude, they're so close. Like, you know, they're just really open to this and stuff like that. Open to hearing me talk about Christianity and things like that. But those guys, oh man, they're so closed off and there's no hope. Like that sort of language I hear sometimes. And I'm like, dude, I was the most closed off person there was. I was angry at Christians and stuff like that. And, and God got me. So if he can change me, I believe he can change like anyone. Mm. Um, so I was really encourage Christians listening as well. Like just, I wouldn't, I would never give up. Yeah, because God's the one who changes hearts as well. And how much to share and what to share and things like, so prayer is just so important because prayer is what, what moves the hand of God, I guess. And, um, but yeah, as, as far as how to share, it's really like dependent. I remember just, I, you know what? I loved chatting about worldview stuff though. I love chatting about 
deep stuff because the stuff I talked about all the time was so superficial. So when someone, I just remember on those crew study camps, like we're training about deep stuff going, well, what's the meaning of life? Why are we here? If, you, if we're alive, like what, who made us or, or how did we come to be or whatever? And, um, and so I actually did enjoy chatting about that stuff and I really, really loved it actually. And I, I, and I feel like, I don't really know how, like I just go about it and I just share my life. And if people ask me how I am, I just share what's going on and they go, oh, wow. And, and people notice things about your life. And, and I, if, you, if you're friends with people and long-term friends with them, I really believe your life does more talk. Your life does lots of the talking and your life lived is what adds weight to your words. Mm. Because like, obviously if I'm preaching in front of an audience who I don't know, or if I'm talking with someone I've never met, like my words are, are powerful and I can say what I want. I can say how loved they are and Jesus loves them and appreciates them. And that's really cool. But if you know someone for a long time and your life isn't living up to what you believe, that there's not gonna be much substance to your words. Mm. And also the more you see how loved you are by Jesus, the more you're gonna be able to, that love's just gonna overflow to them mm. so it's not a matter of trying to love better or it's not a matter of trying to be a better christian or whatever it's a matter of just getting alone with god and just saying god man to be honest i don't really see how much you love me even though the bible says it says it would you just show me and like the bible says if we ask we will receive mm. and i believe that and i believe that it's happened in my life so i think it's a love thing seeing how loved you are that you can represent that you can represent jesus to your friends who who don't know god and in using your words as well and not and using your words to just not not count their sin against them not like a um second corinthians 5 i think says like not counting people's trespasses against them but reconciling them back to the father so it's like this thing of just drawing them home and just saying like and not not counting their junk against them not saying oh you did this this and this and how bad like it's just it's not that at all it's saying dude like and seeing them for who they really are as a lost son or daughter of god as like that that made in the image of god and just calling them home calling them back to um being a son or a daughter of god without pointing out their junk Mm. seeing the best in them sort of yeah yeah Yeah. great (laughs) And you've mentioned a few scriptures throughout yeah. our chat. Is there any particular Bible verse or story that has really meant something for you? Yeah. I think the lost son, the parable of the lost son is just awesome because it was my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the story about there's a father and there's, there's two sons uh, and, and they've got a really good life and everything's going really well and they've got lots of wealth and everything like that and then one of the sons just says you know what dad i want my inheritance now i want to live my own way and he goes off and lives his own way he hurts people he uses people he spends all his money and he goes man i really stuffed that up and that was like my life i was just like i wanted things my way i didn't want things god's way i wanted to be the boss of my own life and um yeah and so then the son goes oh well even like i think he says something like even my dad's helpers and carers or whatever, I live better than what I'm living right now because he was really struggling financially because he spent all his money on gambling and girls and everything. And so then he um, goes back to his dad and, and he's got this plan and he goes, dad, okay, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him that I'm really sorry and that I just want to be like one of your servants and I just want to, you know, live off the scraps and that'll be enough for me. And the dad takes, and the, so the kid takes one step towards him. The dad looks at him and just goes, 
this is my own version, but <laughs> this is the essence of the story. Yeah. And the dad, X1 looks at him and just bolts towards him, arms out, ready to hug him. He's probably crying and just says, son, he's just like, I think he says, my, my son was lost, but now he's found. He's blind now he sees or something like that. And he just hugs him and cries and loves him. And that's the story of God in my life. As soon as I took one step towards him, he's like, I've been right here the whole time and I love you and I'm going to bring you bring you home. And he puts a ring, he does cool stuff, symbolic stuff, like puts a ring on his finger and he says, you're part of my family, you're a child, you're my child now. And he restores everything back to what it was always created to be. And he puts a robe on him to, and that's a symbol of his, his right relationship with the father. And um, so I think that's a really powerful story for me because that was my life. So it's not just a Bible story, it's my life. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so you've, you've definitely touched on it already, but are you able to sort of sum up for us the core of, of what it is you really believe? What I believe about Jesus and what I believe about the gospel is that I was lost, that I was broken, that I was sinful, and, and I was really hurting. And, um, and I believe it was a free gift of grace. It's, it's God saying, I'm going to give my one and only son so you can become my son. He, he gave Jesus his perfect son and Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. And when he died on the cross, it was to take away all my sin. And when he rose again, it was to make me God's son again. It was, it was to, to justify me to just as if I never sinned. So now when God looks at me, he, he sees me through Jesus and sees me through cross and he looks at me and he says, that's my son. And I seem just as if he never sinned. And so I, I'm clean now by Jesus' blood. So what that means for me is that I'll, I'll never perish, but I'll have eternal life with God. It means that I'm, I'm a new person and God has come to live inside of me. And I believe that in practical, what that means for my life. So that's the gospel. And that's what I believe through and through. And that's the message that changed my life, that I was broken, but now I'm mended. And I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind now. I say like that song, Amazing Grace. And what I believe in practically walking that out is one of my favorite scriptures at the moment is um, Ephesians 4.24. And it talks about put on the new self created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And so what God's saying to me there is like he's going, you, you're created to walk like Jesus now. Ephesians 5.1 says like, um, um, therefore, as beloved children, be imitators of Christ and walk in love. So what, what it means to walk out following Jesus is to, is to get alone with God and say, God, I need to know how much you love me. I need to know the price that you paid for me so I can see how loved I am. Show me what it is to be a child. And then I walk in love. So everywhere I go, I want to give people a good long look at what Jesus looks like to the mm-hmm. best I can. And um, I'm growing in that every day and becoming more, more like Jesus and, and getting refined and making mistakes, but still growing and maintaining that healthy relationship with God. So yeah, that's the gospel. Great. Yeah. And so what are your hopes and dreams? What does the future look like? Awesome. Um, what the future looks like for me is, um, you know, I just, if, I, if I see myself at the end of my life or even at my funeral, I, I want people to know me as someone who is in love with Jesus, who show people that there is always hope no matter how broken you are and who gave people the best I could a representation of what Jesus would really look like. That's what I want my life to look like at the end. How that looks is like, uh, I just love running Bible studies. I love sharing the gospel with people and loving them. And God's opening up some stuff to speak into schools. So I've been speaking at schools a few times and people are coming to know Jesus, which is really awesome. And that's my aim is, 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 to, um, is to love people 
and my aim is not necessarily yeah my aim is to love people and and to, to get them to encounter this love of god that that changes everything about about our lives and so i, I want to see lots of people come to jesus that's what i want how that looks i'm not really sure and i'd love to be i love high school teaching like studying that and, and i want to be the best teacher i can and yeah we'll see what that where that goes <laughs> yeah Sparrows and Wildflowers is brought to you by Victory One Media and hosted by Rachel Simpson with artwork by Nicola Gibb.